The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. How are you? Welcome to the financial physician, where we talk money, markets, and politics. And take your phone calls at 866-472-5790. Welcome to the program. Very, very busy time now in... uh, World financial markets. We're seeing the return of volatility, upheaval, uh, in some markets outright panic. And I think it's going to continue for some time. If you've been a, a listener to this program uh, for a while, you know that I've been saying that uh, we're headed for another 2008 type, if not worse, uh, worldwide financial crisis. And all we did was really kick the the can down the street. I mean, the Federal Reserve came in back in 2008 and 2009 and just flooded the system. Not only the system here in the United States, but over in Europe as well with trillions of dollars in aid to banks and other financial institutions. And the Fed tried to keep it secret for a long time. It was only uh, due to the fact that uh, Fox Business... uh, instituted a Freedom of Information Act uh, request to find out what the Federal Reserve did, how much they did. And it was quite remarkable when uh, that information came out. The trillions of dollars that went to European banks. So the Fed came out and and basically bailed out the entire financial system, not without cost. And here we are, what, four or five years later? uh, Actually, five years later. And the economy uh, still stinks. Many, many Americans are still out of work. Yeah, the stock market hit a record high based on the stimulus and the printing of money that the Fed did. Uh, but the Fed has created very dangerous bubbles around the world. And the big concern right now is really the emerging markets. Uh, China, uh, Russia, uh, Brazil, India. All these emerging markets now are really starting to contract and we're starting to see capital flight. And we're starting to see major problems uh, with some of these countries' currencies. Now, most people aren't going to understand what's going on. They'll see the stock market's been down, and uh, the stock market has been down a lot so far in January. Down about 4% month to date. Uh, Today, uh, 
The stock market was down almost 200 points. On Friday, the Dow was down 313 points. Uh, a couple of days prior to that, down 200 points. We haven't seen down days like that uh, in many, many months. The market's been a one-way street, straight up. And I told you, um, you know, at the beginning of the year that the stock market was the most overbought in history from a technical standpoint. And at the same time, I told you that uh, the gold market was the most oversold in history. And I put some charts on my website. These charts went up, I think, f- uh, Friday, uh, showing the stock market breaking down, the S&P 500. It could be the Dow. It doesn't really matter. Or the NASDAQ. And breaking an uptrend line that goes back quite a, quite a few months. And also breaking the 50-day moving average. All these things are technical things. These are things that traders look at to determine uh, where the markets are going to go. And we have a very, very, very significant sell signal in the stock market. And not just the U.S. stock market, worldwide stock markets. And I believe the stock market right now is a really dangerous place to be. Now that it has broken. Why is it so important now now that that, that it's broken down a little bit? Well, last year, the stock market was up close to 30%, which means people have a lot of profits, and the market's been up 100% since the bottom in March of 2009. So there's a lot of profits built up into stocks, and people aren't going to give it back. So if we see any more further moves to the downside, uh, we're going to see this market go into panic mode. Kind of had a feeling that it was a little bit in panic mode uh, on Friday when we were down over 300 points. Uh, on Monday, we had a 90-point rebound, which is not unusual given the extent of, of the decline the week before. But today, we just saw a further uh, further moves to the downside with the Dow closing down uh, almost 200 points again. So this market is really starting to become incredibly volatile and incredibly risky. Now, what's moving the stock market down right now? Oh, world stock markets right down. I mentioned the emerging uh, economies of the world having problems. China's economy is starting to contract, or at least slow down. And there's rumors that that some entities of their banking system uh, are in trouble. There is um, a bond maturing in China uh, from one of the development banks uh, that is at risk of default this Friday. And these, these things all have cascading effects because people then run and start pulling money out of banks and other financial institutions because they see some people lose money. Uh, and one, they say, well, one, maybe mine's next. And we're starting to see currencies around the world starting to crack big time. Uh, the number one headline is Turkey right now. There's been capital flight out of Turkey. Their lira has been plunging in value, which means the cost of everything skyrockets uh, in that country. And it's causing quite a bit of panic. Now, this morning, um, the Turkey Central Bank said they were raising interest rates. Well, when your currency is plunging, the only thing that you can do to stop it from plunging is to raise interest rates and make the return more attractive in your country. Now, interest rates going into last night were 7.5% in Turkey, the equivalent of their federal funds rate. 
So the central bank met and increased interest rates by over 5% to over 12%. That's a huge. Can you imagine Federal Reserve raising interest rate in one meeting 5%? The havoc that would cause in a country. Now, initially, their currency rallied on that news. And that would be normally what you would expect. But then it gave it all back. And it's back exactly where it was prior to that news, which is not a good development. When a central bank shoots a bazooka like that and does not get a response from the currency that sticks, uh, they got some major problems. Today, um, the Russian ruble hit a new all-time low against the dollar and the euro. Last week, Argentina devalued their currency 15%. And that's something that's going to happen here. I've talked about it many times. I mean, we're going to see uh, a devaluation of the U.S. currency, either voluntarily or involuntarily, by foreigners selling off the dollar and dollar-denominated assets. Well, what happens when your currency is devalued 15%? You've basically just lost 15% of your money. You've lost 15% of your purchasing power. All goods and services have just gone up by 15% or more. That's what devaluing your currency does. Now, it makes you more competitive. It makes things more affordable for foreigners in your country. And sometimes brings investment into the country. But if you're a guy on the street and you just had your savings devalued or stolen, basically, is what it is, 15% of it, and it's not the, it's not the end of it. They devalued not long ago, and they're probably going to have to devalue further. And, of course, people are pulling money uh, out of the banks and trying to turn it into dollars or some other currency before this devaluation continues. And we're starting to see a lot of bank runs. And this is really, when you start seeing this, this is when you have to, you know, your ears have to go up and say, what's going on here? Fears of bank runs have escalated with the news that the Russian lender, my bank, has banned all cash withdrawals until next week. This came out yesterday. Bloomberg, Bloomberg reports that my bank, one of Russia's top 200 lenders by assets, has introduced a complete ban on cash withdrawals until next week. Well, that's never a good sign. On Saturday, it emerged that uh, HSBC, the huge bank uh, out of London, was restricting large cash withdrawals for uh, UK customers uh, from 5,000 pounds or upwards, forcing them to provide documentation on what they plan to spend the money on, a form of capital control that more and more banks are beginning to adopt. They don't want you to pull your money out of the bank. And why would they do that? Because they have a cash problem. That's, that's usually the reason. Chase Bank here in the United States also recently imposed restrictions, which prevent its customers from conducting over $50,000 in cash activity per month, as well as banning business customers from sending international wire transfers. And Gerald Salente, if you know who he is, he said that the news was a sign that Americans should prepare for a bank holiday that the banks are going to close due to problems. And on HSBC, uh, this started happening actually in November. It's only being reported now. And, and the BBC reported that, um, that customers 
were stopped from withdrawing money ranging from $5,000 to $16,000. One customer, Stephen Cotton, wanted to withdraw $11,500 to pay back a loan to his mother. Quote, when we presented them with the withdrawal slip, they declined to give us the money because we could not provide them with a satisfactory explanation for what the money was for. They wanted a letter from the person involved. And eventually they settled on an amount he could take out. And then he asked if he could return later in the day and withdraw more money. And they said uh, he can't do that same thing twice in one day. It's his money. He can't take it. And the change in policy by HSBC, which started in November of last year, had not been reported to customers. And HSBC claimed uh, after he wrote them and complained that they did, not, they did not have to tell him about a policy change. Quote, as this was not a change to the terms and conditions of your bank account, we had no need to pre-notify customers of this change. Now, of course, everybody's up in arms. This came out over the weekend, and they had to pull this back. Otherwise, they're really going to get runs on the bank. We asked, uh, quote, we asked our customers about the purpose of large cash withdrawals when they are unusual and out of keeping with normal running of their account. Since last November, in some instances, we have also asked these customers to show us evidence of what the cash was required for, said HSBC. Quote, the reason being, we have an obligation to protect our customers and to minimize the opportunity for financial crime. However, following feedback, we are immediately updating guidance to our customers uh, facing staff to reiterate that it is not mandatory for customers to provide documented, documentary evidence for large cash withdrawals, and on its own, failure to show evidence is not reason to refuse a withdrawal. We're writing to apologize. So they brought this back. But we're seeing some lot of smoke around the world with currencies, with banks refusing to part with customers' money. You have to give them an excuse why you want your own money. Try that here. Walk into your bank and tell them you want ten dollars or $15,000 cash. And look at the face on the teller. And watch what you have to go through. Reports and everything else to get your own money. All right, time for a break. 866-472-5790 is the phone number. You're listening to The Financial Physician with Lou Skatigner right here on Voice America's Business Channel. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You're listening to the financial physician and America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you. Call with your questions now at 1 866 472 5790. That's toll free. 1 866 472 5790. Once again, here's Lou. All right, welcome back to The Financial Physician, where we get together Wednesdays, 4 p.m. on the East, 1 p.m. on the West, and we talk money markets and politics, and we're talking about some of the volatility that's entered world stock markets uh, and uh, why I think it's going to continue. And I think anybody out there has a substantial stock market exposure in your 401k, in your personal investment accounts, now's the time to lighten up and get more defensive. The risk of a debacle in these markets is growing by the day. And I mentioned uh, problems with emerging markets, problems with currencies, problems with banks who are now refusing withdrawals without uh, evidence of why you need the money. Doesn't that just burn you? Why anybody would have a lot of money in a bank, I don't know. They don't pay any interest. So why would you give your money to a bank that A, will lend it out to somebody else at 29% through credit cards, and then when you want your money back, they tell you you have to tell them why and prove evidence of what you're going to do with it. You can find a nice place to hide it, your cash, put it in a safe, whatever. Bury it, I don't know. But why do you need to keep it in the bank? And you have the risk of a bank holiday where the bank's closed and you don't have access to your money. Now, I once went into my bank... Big bank here in the United States, and um, I've been back in there for my business and personally for 28 years, so they know me in there, and uh, I wanted to take a sizable amount of money out of the bank. When I say sizable, I mean like 15000 something like that, and I was going to buy some gold coins with it, and uh, there was a reason why I wanted to pay cash versus a uh, paper trail, and they looked at me. I went to the teller with the withdrawal slip, $15,000. Like I said, she, her face turned like a ghost. Like she just read something that was horrible. Like she just lost her, her dog or something like that. And she calls the manager over. The manager looks at it and has that same fearful look. And he basically got to tell me, oh, geez, you know, we can't really handle those kind of withdrawals without uh, prior notice. I go, it's only $15,000. You're a bank. Yeah, but we only keep enough in this branch, you know, to handle payroll and you know people cashing checks and stuff. But you know, it's tough for us to to to, to pay a sizable amount without a you know. I go. Well, let me ask you a question. I said, if I came in here and I had fifty thousand dollars in this bank, and I said I want fifty thousand dollars and I want it today, what are you going to tell me that I can't have my money? And what would happen when I start screaming in the middle of the branch that they won't give me my money? Uh, how will everybody else, all the other customers feel? And they said, what you got to do is a few days in advance, you got to call us and tell us. And she goes, look, if you came in here and you wanted money and you came here in the morning, we would get it for you by the end of the day. We'd get it from other branches. An armored car would come. You know, We'd do everything we could to try to satisfy that. But we couldn't do it if more than one person did it in a day. You'd have to call them three days later, come and pick up your cash. And when I, they finally found the money within the branch, they, they, they paid me uh, 15000 of my money. And uh, 
they had me, they had to fill out uh, uh, an activity report, a cash activity report, so the government knows that I took my own money out of my own account. Do you know that there's reports to the government? A currency transaction report, CTR, I think it's called. Now, CTRs are when you put more than 10000 in your account and when you take more than 10000 out of your account. Now, I could see why they'd have a, a, a report when you put money in the account. Maybe you're a drug dealer, you're laundering money, you're doing something untoward. But why does the government have to know when I take my own money out of a financial institution and I take it in the form of cash? Isn't that my business? And what I do with my own money is nobody else's business. But yes, it is. It's Big Brother's business. Now, also, we've had all this talk about bail-ins. The IMF has come out and said it and everything else. When the next financial crisis hits, which probably is not that far off, it may have started already, right? and banks have a problem, they're going to take customers' money. They've, they've got the blueprint. It happened in Cyprus last year. The European Union has the same blueprint. They're going to go into bank accounts and take customer money. And you've got to understand, when you put money in a bank, you're lending the bank money. Just like when you take money from the bank, you borrow it from them, you pay them interest. When you put money in the bank, you're lending the bank money and they're paying you interest, albeit extremely minute. But now you are a creditor of the bank. Just like if I don't pay the bank back and I go bankrupt, the bank is out of the money they lent me. Well, theoretically, if the bank goes out of business, you're an unsecured lender, uh, creditor. Now you say, well, it's FDIC insured, right? Well, let me tell you, one big bank went under, FDIC is bankrupt. So I wouldn't trust the FDIC uh, to be writing me anytime, uh, checking anytime soon. Uh, when we have a systemic banking collapse. You got $35 billion in the FDIC uh, trust fund uh, insuring something like $35 billion in savings. It's ridiculous. I should say $35 trillion in, in bank deposits. It's ridiculous. It's dropping a bucket. One bank fails of any size, that money's gone. And let me tell you, when one bank fails, they all fail due to derivatives that they have with each other, due to the destabilization of the entire financial system, uh, through the freezing up of money markets, they all would be in the same game. So don't keep a lot of money in the bank. There's no incentive to do so. The only incentive is that, well, at least uh, you know it's, it's somewhere and uh, someone's not going to come and steal my money, put a gun to my head or whatever. But in the times that we live in now, keeping money in the bank, I think, is a very dangerous proposition. I would stay with community banks and uh, credit unions. These are not the too big to fail banks. They not they don't make the derivative bets that all the big banks have made. When I talk about the big banks, I mean you know who they are: Bank of America, Citigroup, J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo. PNC, HSBC, we talked about them a little earlier, Deutsche Bank, these are all, there's probably a couple more I missed, 
But these are the two big to fail. If they have a commercial on TV, national TV, you don't want your money in their bank. That's the rule of thumb. If they sponsor any sporting events, you don't want their money, your money in their bank. If their name is on a stadium, you don't want your money in that financial institution. These are the two big to fail entities. All right, let's talk about uh, another reason why the stock market went down today, which is Wednesday, January 29th. The Federal Reserve met today, and they announced their their policy at 2 o'clock, and uh, the Fed said they're going to continue to taper their their quantitative easing, their QE, their bond buying. They're going to go another $10 billion down to $65 billion a month. So it was originally $85 billion a month for, what, well over a year. Uh, and uh, in December, they lowered it to $75 billion a month, and now they're lowering it to $65 billion a month. Still a huge amount of quantitative easing. Uh, it, you know, it's a taper, is it what they call it. And I think they probably won't taper very much more because the economy is starting to show very, very serious signs of deteriorating. Uh, some deflation is starting to creep into the system. And we have the emerging market problem, uh, the problem with foreign currencies, uh, and the problem with some of these banks. I just don't see how the Federal Reserve uh, can do much more than that. And as a matter of fact, my guess is we'll ultimately be seeing a $100 billion a month quantitative easing and maybe even greater. But anyway, Ben Bernanke, this was his last uh, meeting as chairman uh, of the Federal Reserve. He's uh, retiring very shortly. And uh, as I said, they continue to reduce their bond buying by about $10 billion. It was a unanimous vote. The members of the Federal Open Market Committee decided that in February, the Federal Reserve will purchase $30 billion in mortgage-backed securities and $35 billion in treasuries. In its policy statement, the committee noted that, quote, labor market indicators were mixed, but on balance, showing further improving. So what he's saying here is that the, the, the labor market looks like it's, uh, they say mixed, but on balance it's improving. Well, it's not. We have the participation rate dropping like a rock. Sure, the unemployment rate goes down. That's because less people are looking for jobs, not because jobs are being created. In December, only 77,000 jobs were created, barely, barely uh, anything, and disappointing what was expected, which was 200,000 jobs, and half of them were temporary jobs. And 500,000 people dropped out of the labor force, so the unemployment rate dropped from 7 to 6.7. As it did in its December statement, the FOMC said it would likely reduce the pace of asset purchases if labor and market conditions improve. It stressed asset purchases are not on a preset course. Now, what he means by that is that this isn't carved in stone. We can go the other way if warranted. As for maintaining historically low interest rates, which I guess zero was low, uh, the committee said, as it did in December, that, quote, it likely will be appropriate to maintain the current target range for the federal funds rate well past the time that the unemployment rate declines below 6.5%, especially if projected inflation continues to run below the committee's 2% longer run goal. Again, the, 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 the falsity that is the consumer price index. Inflation is much, much higher than that. Now, this Saturday, Ben Bernanke hands over the direction of the Federal Reserve to Vice Chairman Janet Yellen, who was confirmed as the new Federal Reserve Chairman. This woman doesn't know what her life is going to be like over the next few years. Ben Bernanke is getting out of town just in time. 
with enough of a legacy to, you know, he stopped the financial crisis. I mean, give him that. But what he caused uh, is is going to be quite significant. And it's going to hit the fan under Janet Yellen's watch, and she's going to be one blamed for it. So uh, we have the Federal Reserve uh, uh, slowing down its quantitative easing, at least for now. At least for now. And uh, the markets are reacting extremely violently to it, especially world stock markets and world currencies. And again, my guess is that this is the last time the Fed will have the ability to taper because the economy and financial markets are going to dictate that the opposite happens because the last thing the Federal Reserve wants is deflation. All right, take another break. If you want to be part of the program, 866-472-5790 is the call number. You're listening to The Financial Position. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What are the reasons that over three-quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. On The Financial Physician, we don't just cover the good time financial news. We cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Have a question for America's money doctor, Luce Gatigna? Call him now. It's toll-free. 1-866-472-5790. Or email the show. Here's the address. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou. And we do love your emails, uh, Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Uh, if you have a financial question or issue or comment about the program or something you'd like to hear me talk about, uh, just email me at lou at thefinancialphysician.com, and I'll do my best to answer uh, each and every email. It may take me a few days. i got a lot of email, but uh, I do the best I can. Uh, also, remember the website, thefinancialphysician.com where we archive our radio shows. We have a daily blog. Uh, uh, we've got a, all kinds of good stuff uh, uh, on thefinancialphysician.com. I only have an hour here, so we can't cover everything that's happened uh, over the last week or what's happening in the future. But on the, on the website, uh, we've got a lot of great videos. We've got a lot of great articles, uh, my own comments and, and, and things about what's going on uh, in markets and the financial world. So you're going to want to join me for that. Also, um, 
last Friday, uh, I returned to uh, my actual home, you know, where I started radio, and that was WOBM AM 1160, which is the, the Jersey Shore's number one uh, AM radio station, and we were on uh, from 2000 uh, to uh, 2012. So we had a 12-year run there, and then I decided to uh, take the show, and I was doing XM satellite radio for four or five years, uh, and then I ultimately wound up here, and I just didn't have the the ability to really do uh, concentrate on a national program and a local program at the same time, and I needed a little bit of break, so uh, we went on hiatus, uh, as it turned out, uh, for a year and a half. And uh, had quite a rebellion from the local listeners who uh, uh, made it part of their Sunday uh, schedule. A lot of my listeners changed their church times and so forth to listen to the program. And uh, I'm just so happy to be back there. Uh, We get a lot of phone calls. We give a lot of advice. And it's similar to the show, but a lot more interaction. Uh, The problem with internet radio is that most people who listen to this program don't listen to it live. They listen to the archive version. I mean, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon on, on Wednesday. I mean, who has the ability uh, to listen to this program? Very few people. Or, you know, aren't at work or driving home or whatever. So they listen to it. We have almost 3,000 listeners to this program who download it uh, over the course of the week. But as you can notice, we don't get very many phone calls and many shows we get none. Which uh, the whole idea of doing radio in my, my, my mind is to give people advice and have interaction. Not that I don't mind sitting here and bringing all this information to you. I know it's very informative. I do my best uh, to bring you things that you may not hear about or read at other places. Uh, and, I, and I don't mind doing it. And I have no problem carrying an hour doing radio. The show preps a little bit longer, but, uh, but I have no problem with it. But I enjoy the interaction with my audience. And this past Friday was my first show back at WOBM. I'm on 10 a.m. to 11 Eastern Time uh, each and every Friday. And you could stream it live uh, at wobmam.com. And I have the links. Uh, I just put the links on my blog today. If you want to listen to that program, uh, the inaugural program last Friday, uh, I have the link uh, where you could listen to it at your leisure. And uh, uh, it looks like we'll probably be winding down uh, the Voice America show here uh, when our contract is up. I believe it's mid-February, so we have a few more weeks uh, on this station. And I enjoy doing it, but I really do enjoy doing local radio. And I'm looking forward to being back. And I'm, I really thoroughly was excited uh, my first show back uh, at WOBM. So, you know, just go to my website. You know, it's the same information we cover here on that show. So if you go to thefinancialphysician.com, I'll have it archived there each and every week. You know, by um, either late Friday or Saturday morning, I'll have the link uh, to the archive version, and you could uh, spend an hour with us each and every week, just like you do now here on VoiceAmerica.com and on the business channel here at Voice America. All right, let's get back to the program. Um, last night was the State of the Union address. Um, I promised myself I wouldn't watch it because I'm not into torture very much. Uh, and anytime Obama speaks, I find it to be torturous. And uh, but it's like watching a tra- car crash; you can't help yourself. And uh, you know, doing what I do for a living and, and being on a radio show with you, and, uh, I, I guess I had a journalistic uh, mandatory requirement to at least watch part of it. And I watched probably the first hour before I couldn't take it anymore. And, 
and turned it off. But uh, what Obama stated uh, in his uh, State of the Union address was, was something very interesting and something that I think it should be a bell going off for all of us. Obama uh, introduced uh, what's called MIRA, M-Y-R-A, as in IRA, the No-Risk Guaranteed Return Retirement Savings Bond. Okay, why, why is this a big concern? Because it's the first step for government taking over the entire retirement market and mandating that your money goes into government-guaranteed debt that will probably never be paid back. And there's been a lot of rumors going around for the last few years that your IRA is going to be confiscated and put in government annuities. Well, I think here's the first step for them getting there. He said the Myra, he said, is a guaranteed return and no risk. Guaranteed what kind of return on a savings bond? Certainly not a return that's going to keep pace with inflation. Well, this is what the president said in his speech. Let's do more to help Americans save for retirement. Today, most workers don't have a pension. A Social Security check often isn't enough on its own. And while the stock market has doubled over the last five years, that doesn't help folks who don't have 401ks. That's why tomorrow, I will direct the Treasury to create a new way for working Americans to start their own retirement savings. Myra. It's a new savings bond that encourages folks to build a nest egg. Myra guarantees a decent return with no risk of losing what you put in. Yeah, except when the government totally goes bankrupt or inflates your money away. Myra guarantees a decent return with no risk of losing what you put in. And if this Congress wants to help, work with me to fix an upside-down tax code and give tax breaks to help the wealthy save, but there's little to nothing for the middle-class Americans. Offer every American access to an automatic IRA on the job so they can save at work just like everyone in this chamber can. So to put it another way, if you like your retirement account, uh, you can keep your retirement account until the government confiscates it. And just like that, that's how you replace quantitative easing by the Fed, who's been buying all our bonds. Have Americans put money in a retirement account every single month that goes right into government bonds. So now the government can borrow from the retire, retirement savings of Americans. Now, of course, it's voluntarily. Voluntary at first with this uh, account, but my guess is as the years go by and the government's deficits become bigger and bigger and our debts become larger and larger and they see that $5 trillion pool of money in retirement accounts, they're going to go after it. For your own benefit, by the way, it's always for your own benefit because you know we don't want you to lose money in the stock market. But be very wary of government-backed retirement programs. And again, this is simply a way for the government to borrow or steal its citizens' funds to finance our debt and our deficits. That's what it's all about. And I believe this is going to be the greatest sucker play of all time. And as I said, some fear that not all retirement plans are going to go this route, and this is just the beginning of it. And um, it's going to operate similar to a Roth individual retirement account. You don't get a deduction for putting the money in, because that would take revenue away from, <laughs> from, from them. Uh, but it's tax-free at the end. But they're more concerned about money going into these accounts every month through payroll deduction and going right into the coffers of the government. 
and the government needs every dollar they can get. And the uh, you know the president is is touting that you'll get a decent return. I, I like to hear what the what the definition of decent is. He says you'll get uh, the same return that the government uh, retirement plans get in their thrift plan, which is nothing. Now, of course, these are limited to people who make less than a certain amount of money because they don't want you saving for retirement if, uh, if you make it 191000 a year. So we're not going to give you any tax breaks for that. And you're going to get a variable interest rate equal to the thrift savings bank. Initial investments could be as low as $25. And contributions as small as $5 could be made through payroll deductions. And the limitation is 15000 a year for 30 years you can do this. Again, keep an eye on this, people. This is the beginning. This retirement plan will only buy U.S. government debt. That's another way they can do it. They could say you can't. You know, we're, we're stripping away the, the tax code that allows you to do Roth IRAs, 401ks. And traditional IRAs. And the only thing you can participate in now is Obama's MIRA. My IRA. Now, I wonder if he means MIRA, meaning mine, meaning my savings account. Or he means mine, meaning it's Obama's. That's a good question. And would you lend your money to some bum who was so much in debt lives way over their means. Are you going to start giving this guy money all the time? I wouldn't. And all it is, it's a way to dupe unwitting Americans into plowing their retirement savings into U.S. government shrinking coffers. That's what it is. And again, we've been, I've been talking about this for years on this program, that this is the way it was going to go. Now, I still get people asking me, should I pull my money out of my IRA and 401k, pay the taxes, pay the penalties, and buy gold coins with it? And I've said, not yet. I've said that you know over the years, but I'm getting closer to wondering whether or not it makes sense to do that. I have a sizable IRA, and uh, uh, I just can't bring myself to pay 50% tax plus 10% penalty. I'm looking at I'm looking at 60 cents on a dollar to get it out. But is that better than leaving it in the IRA and have the government confiscate it and put it in in a government annuity or government bonds that may be defaulted on or at least inflated away and pay me no return? I don't know. I think we'll see it coming and we'll have enough time to move. But right now, I'm not willing to do it yet, and I'm not willing to recommend people do it just yet. The government is flat broke, even by its own assessment. We have a net worth of a negative $16 trillion, and if we take unfunded liabilities, it's more like $100 trillion. But again, there's $5 trillion in individual retirement accounts, and they need that money. They need your money, and this MIRA program is a critical first step. Uh, to corralling all of your assets into government annuities. But we're going to keep a good eye on that, and I'll give you a heads up when I think it's time to to take the hit and move that money out and buy gold coins. All right, we have one more segment left in the program, 866-472-5790 is the phone number. If you have any questions on any money matter, my name is Lou Skatigna. Don't go away.
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The Financial Physician, your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Call America's Money Doctor right now. It's toll-free. 1-866-472-5790. You can also log on to our website at www.thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou Scatigna. All right, welcome back to this thing of ours we call the Financial Physician Radio Program. Lou Skatigny here. We get together each and every Wednesday, 4 o'clock East and 1 o'clock West to talk about money, markets, and politics. And um, as is the, the, as the thing says on the, on the comeback to the program after the break, you know, we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we'll be talking about a lot of ugly today. Financial markets are falling. Stock markets are falling around the world. Currencies are falling around the world. Argentina, Argentina devalued their currency 15%. The ruble in Russia is hitting new lows. There's all kinds of economic upheaval uh, in Turkey. Uh, and we're seeing the same in China. Uh, and uh, the U.S. stock market uh, is down about 800 points in the last two weeks, something we haven't seen in a really, really long time. So we have tremendous volatility uh, in financial markets, and I believe that's going to continue. And I think it's going to see a very, very scary period uh, this year in 2014. I think people need to uh, uh, to plan accordingly. Now, we uh, 
We're seeing a big turnaround in the price of gold. Gold got slapped in, in 2013, down 30%, first down year in 11 years. Uh, so far this year, uh, gold has rebounded uh, about $50, $60 an ounce. Uh, today was up another $13 an ounce or so at um, $1,270 an ounce. It bottomed at 1180 uh, in December, and we're seeing a, a totally different uh, feel in the gold and silver markets, especially gold. Silver's still a little bit uh, weak, but uh, my guess is we're going to see a very resilient gold market this year as people see what's happening to currencies worldwide, as the Fed continues to print, in this case, $65 billion a month, and God knows what they're doing in the background, because the Fed is totally non-transparent. They could say one thing and do another. We didn't know that they'd use trillions and trillions of dollars to bail out European banks. Is that their mandate? To bail out Barclays or Deutsche Bank? I don't get it. Well, I guess the feeling was if they let them fail, uh, the contagion would take down our institutions as well. But is that their mandate? To basically print money and, and give it to foreign governments, foreign banks? I don't get it. Well, speaking about banks and, and the banksters, as I call them, uh, J.P. Morgan, which is the biggest criminal organization on the planet, and I, I guess they rival uh, maybe Goldman Sachs. I guess you can give it to either one of them. Uh, but J.P. Morgan Chase last year paid over $20 billion in settlements over legal matters uh, regarding uh, Madoff. They were complicit in his ripping off, MF Global, the $6.5 billion whale trade uh, in London, uh, fraudulent securities, uh, recommendations, and mortgages. And we can go on and on. Charging people for gold storage when they didn't own the gold. You know what they were doing? They were selling gold, the same amounts of gold, to a number of people. And they would store it for you, which is fine, until everybody wants their gold, okay? So they could have multiple claims on the same gold, but they were charging everybody storage fees. But they were only storing one ounce for one person. Kind of like fractional banking, you know, where you put a dollar in the bank and they could lend out 10. It's leverage. So I don't know how much you paid on that, too. So anyway, $20 billion in legal settlements. And of course, nobody goes to jail. That's the amazing thing about Wall Street. You could commit financial felonies to the point of where you have to settle for $20 billion. A billion dollars is $1,000 million. So J.P. Morgan paid $20,000 million in fines just in 2013. And nobody goes to jail. It's amazing. And how many people do we have in prison across this country for relatively minor infractions? It blows your mind. John Corzine basically stole customers' funds to the tune of, I don't know, billions of dollars. He's not in jail. He's not even being investigated. You are immune if you're a Wall Street elitist. 
So anyway, J.P. Morgan, you know, given the fact that under Jamie Dimon, who's the CEO, under his watch, they gave him a 74% raise to $20 million. Basically, he's going to earn a million dollars a year for every billion dollars in fines the bank had to pay. That's what you call a piggy banker. It's a new term I'm going to use, piggy bankers. $20 million a year after all this felony financial crimes that his company committed. Still CEO, still chairman. He wasn't forced to resign at the minimum. No, he's getting a raise. Just only on Wall Street can that happen. Now, while he got his uh, big payday, uh, most employees at J.P. Morgan didn't get any raises because of falling profits. J.P. Morgan Chase's profits dropped by 16% to $17.9 billion in 2013. And it was pulled down mainly by the hefty legal bills to settle claims stemming from the mortgage crisis, Bernie Madoff's policy scheme, and and other legal messes. Must be nice to be a a rich elite on Wall Street. And that's what they've been doing. They've been taking all these financial risks where the taxpayers have to bail them out so they could have obscene profits and take a good portion of those profits as their bonus and compensation. And then when they get caught, they pay a fine, get a slap on the wrist, go back and do it again. It's just the cost of doing business as far as these banksters are concerned. And it's amazing. Their trading desks have very rarely have a losing day. The, the, the stats are amazing for companies like J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs. How they trade and they're profitable every day. No other individual can do that. Well, there's only one way they can do it. Front-running big client orders, knowing a client's going to buy something and buy it at first, so they push it up for you, and then you sell it. Inside information, which is rampant on Wall Street. High-frequency trading, where they front-run orders by milliseconds. And manipulation of markets, which we've seen in the gold and silver market for years. Short the hell out of the gold market and then push it down, hit stop orders, and then cover lower and make a fortune. And knowing that you're going to do it the next day, short the mining stocks because they'll go down too. I can't tell you how many times I've seen manipulate every day in the market, but you know, in the gold market especially, where one day uh, they will, um, the gold stocks will go down and the next day gold goes down. Because they're, they're already positioning themselves. And that's the way it goes. That's Wall Street, the biggest criminal enterprise in the history of the planet. All right, out of time here. It goes so fast here on the financial position. I call it the fastest hour in financial talk radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember my website, thefinancialphysician.com. Visit my blog each and every day. My email, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Have a wonderful week. And please join me next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the next edition of The Financial Physician. Have a great week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 